Good, af good afternoon and good evening. We want to greet you with Jesus' joy. We're certainly delighted that you're able to join us as far as Bible study is concerned. And we're looking forward to the Lord doing something meaningful as far as our time together is concerned on this day. As the psalmist would say, this is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I pray that you this day has found you doing quite well. And we are looking forward to the Lord uh, doing something as far as helping us to develop and become all that God will have for us to be. I need you to do me a favor, if you would, real quick. Uh, bow your heads for a word of prayer, and then we will sense and seek how the Lord wants to move as far as our time together is concerned. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for your all-seeing provision that you have given unto us today. So much is happening as far as our world is concerned, particularly with our church, particularly with um, those who are connected to our church. We so desperately need you to continue to show yourself mighty and strong, oh God, in this moment. God, we've um, come right now seeking to not only hear your word, but be doers of your word. Uh, so that ultimately we can grow in your word and become more like your Christ. So, Lord, if you would show yourself mighty and strong in this moment, we will bless your name and give you all the glory, honor, and praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let me, if I could, uh, uh, call your attention to James chapter 1. We want to look at verses 19 through 27, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. We're going to teach on this today. I'm going to preach on it on Sunday, and then we will uh, have um, what we call sermon conversations about it sometime next week, as far as we develop in small groups and allow for you to take even a deeper dive. Uh, I am able to see your questions or comments in the chat. And so if you have any questions or if you have any comments, uh, don't hesitate to uh, put questions or comments in the chat. I can uh, answer them as we go along as far as our time of study is concerned so that uh, uh, it can feel as much as in person or as much uh, connected as, as, as far as our capacity to do this virtually. Let me just continue to reiterate. I have a lot of people um, who have asked me and who are saying, when are we going back to in-person Bible study? I don't know. Well, one thing I do know is that if the church, and that's uh, the church as a whole, and even St. Paul, uh, do not learn how to embrace what we call the digital, that is a synthesis between the digital and the physical, we're going to fall behind. This is why we try to particularly on Sunday morning have a Zoom congregation, have our services on Facebook Live, have our services on YouTube, on our website, as well as on telephone, because we're now in the digital age. It is not going back to what it used to be as far as having people to gather 
uh, in big numbers like we used to. So now the focus is on connection and relationship as well. So I, I want to kind of drive that home. The second thing is I reach more people on these digital platforms than I do when we meet in person. And so uh, I want to encourage you all to, to understand this is a shift that the church has to make. We got to make it across the very essence of why we do the things that we do. And ultimately it is to get out the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It does not mean we want to ever come together physically, uh, but what we want to do is to make sure that we can reach as many people as possible. And this allows for us to do that. So you don't have to drive 30 minutes to church, sit in sanctuary for an hour, then drive 30 minutes back home. We can do this together online uh, and then uh, move forward. But there's nothing that will ever replace the in-person gathering. Uh, and the most important in-person gathering that we can have is worship on Sunday morning. So, um, uh, but there are a lot of things that we can do online or digitally and Bible study happens to be one of them, as well as different meetings that we have as far as our ministries are concerned. So I kind of want to put that out there because, like I said, um, many of you all online are able to make comments, able to ask questions. And we really want people to understand that our growth capacity and potential because we are acting digitally and the digitally is a synthesis of the physical and the digital allows for us to reach a whole lot more people uh, in ways that we never thought were imaginable. So I want to kind of put that out there because this is where we are right now. And um, uh, but yet it doesn't negate the work that God would have for us to do. So if we could, let's open our Bibles to James chapter one. We want to look at verse 19. Um, verse 19. Hello, Tori. I, I see you. Thank you for the shout out. Hello, Audrey. Uh, good afternoon, Sharon and Sister Doris and Brother Adrian and Sister Valerie and Miss Karen and Sister uh, Marcia. Uh, great to see you all, Sister Jill, uh, as well as others that may be watching us, but not necessarily putting something in the chat. We, we're so glad you all are here. So let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's get to work. Um, James chapter one, starting at verse 19. I'm going to have you all to highlight some words and phrases um, as we move forward. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, underline the phrase swift to hear, slow to speak, underline the phrase slow to speak, and slow to wrath, underline the phrase slow to wrath, and circle the word wrath. Verse 20. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Highlight that whole verse and circle the word wrath. Okay. Verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, underline the phrase, lay aside all filthiness, and overflow of wickedness, underline the phrase, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word. Highlight the phrase, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Highlight that phrase, which is able to save your souls. Okay. Verse 22, but be doers of the word. Highlight the phrase, doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, if you would uh, highlight that phrase for anyone that's a hearer of the words, but not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, highlight that phrase, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, highlight the phrase, a forgetful hearer, is not a forgetful hearer, but doer of the work. And I want you to circle the word work. This one will be blessed in whatever he does. Verse 26. If anyone among you think he is religious, circle the word religious. And does not bridle his own, his tongue, underline the phrase bridle his tongue. But deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Underline the phrase, this one's religion is useless. Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. If you would uh, highlight the phrase pure and undefiled religion. To visit orphans and widows, underline that phrase in their trouble, yeah, underline all of that, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Underline that phrase, to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Y'all got it marked up? All right. Let's go to work and let's start talking about this. Okay. Because over the last few weeks, we've been talking about who James is, what James is talking about. We talked about last week as far as trials and temptations that we've been dealing with. And one of the things we have to understand is how we deal with our trials and temptations can be found based upon how we react to the word of God, okay? And so uh, we have to have receptivity to the word of God, responsiveness to the word of God, and responsibility to the word of God. That's how we grow, okay? So if you really want to be able to deal with your trials and tribulations and temptations, you got to have the word of God in you and act on it, and you got to live by it. Okay, so 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 the reason that many of us lose our minds when we go through trials or we fall so prey to temptation is because of how we deal with the word. And I think that Sunday when I was preaching, I talked about how Jesus, uh, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, uh, did not give his quote own human opinion. He basically says the word of God says whenever the enemy or the tempter tried to knock him off point, Jesus was start off with these famous words, it is written. What is written? Whatever is written in the word of God, okay? Um, so as, as we unpack this, let's, let's see what this really looks like because uh, if we really want to deal with how God wants us to move, uh, one of the things we got to understand is that the word of God ought to create a change in our character 
and our behavior. So verse 19. So let so then, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Okay. When 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 James says, so then, my beloved brother, he is saying basically, listen, got something I want to drop on you. All right, I don't want you to miss this. Okay. Um, when James says, let every one, let every one hear, uh, James is really, in a sense, focusing on those who teach the word. Okay. So James identifies in, in, in verse 19 with those who teach the word. He is saying, um, because when we get to James 3, 1, we're going to find out that uh, those who teach are going to be held to a higher standard and a stricter judgment. The expressions quick to listen really gives the idea of active listening. So he says, be quick to listen or swift to listen, quick to listen in the NIV, uh, uh, swift to hear in the um, New King James Version, okay? So this really replies to active listening. In other words, it says we need to be ready and willing to hear what someone else has to say. Now, unfortunately for a lot of us, whenever we are engaging in communication, we hear words coming from people's mouths, but we don't process it because we're thinking about what we're going to, how we're going to respond. James is saying, don't focus on your response. Focus on being able to process what this person is saying. Okay. The problem with a lot of us is that the attitude among believers is that the speaker has to be entirely responsible for getting folks' attention or getting folks to listen or hear by either being entertaining or being relevant or being engaging. But this quick to listen uh, puts the responsibility back on the audience as well. Okay. Quick to listen has to be done with discernment as well. And, and, and we have to check what we hear with the word of God. Because if we don't listen both carefully and quickly, we're liable to fall into false teaching and erroneous doctrine. All right. So quick to hear or swift to hear is active listening. He also tells us to be slow to speak. God knows this can be an issue with those of us that are pastors and, and teachers. All right. But the aspect of slow to speak means speaking with a sense of humility and being patient, uh, not with hasty words and nonstop gabbing. Have you ever run into anybody that the moment you come in contact with them, uh, all they do is just talk, talk, talk? Talk, talk, talk. As a matter of fact, have you ever run into anyone and they ask you how you're doing? And before you can get a word out edgewise, they start talking, telling you about everything that's going on in their lives and telling you about everything that they're dealing with. All right. Those folks we know 
might slow the speed. Constant talking keeps a person from being able to hear. I will admit and I'll be transparent. There are times when I have to work on being slow to speak and I have to be very intentional about being swift or quick to hear. Because what I have discovered, beloved, is that real wisdom doesn't mean you always have something to say. That real wisdom means that um, you take things through discernment, you be prayerful about things, and when you do speak, you speak with a level of humility and with a level of intelligence. All right. Notice God gave us two ears to hear, one mouth to speak, which means we ought to listen twice as much as we talk. Okay. And like I said, those of us that teach, we're, we're so prone to this. <laughs> we're so prone to this. Swift to hear, slow to speak. And then he says, slow to wrath or anger. Slow to wrath or anger. I'm still in verse 19. Most of us, when we get angry, it's not about wickedness. Or it's not considered to be righteous indignation. Most of us, when we get angry, it's because we've been hurt. Or that we feel our opinion is not being taken seriously. Most of the time when we're angry, it, it comes because we have been doing a lot of fast talking and not enough listening. Now, let me tell you what this text does not mean. That when there is injustice, when there is a sin, we should be angry because other people are being hurt. Okay? But we should not become angry when we fail to win an argument. Selfish anger never help, helps anybody. All right? Now, no, notice what, 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 what else James says. James says, for the wrath of man, slow to anger, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Or the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I'm going to roll with this anger for a moment uh, because as I'm dealing with this, um, and I've been doing my exegetical work uh, as far as for Sunday morning, since I'm preaching this same text, I'm, I'm giving y'all kind of the playbook on where I'm coming from as far as Sunday is concerned. So if y'all are, are in church on Sunday physically, or if y'all in church virtually on Sunday, y'all better say amen, because y'all getting the first, first preview of what I'm going to talk about on Sunday. Y'all hear me? All right. <laughs> so, here is what James is really talking about, because this is what we don't, this is what we really don't like to, 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 to deal with. James, when he talks about the wrath of man, is talking about your uncontrolled temper. 
that leads to rash, hurtful words. And that your uncontrolled temper does not produce righteousness. In other words, everything that comes to your mind does not need to come out of your mouth. That's why, that's why we're going to see later on where, where the word of God says, and I believe it's in Galatians, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's, 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 that's uncontrolled anger, your uncontrolled temper. And, and, and when you have an uncontrolled temper, you try to act like God as being a judge. Your, your uncontrolled temper is wrong. And your uncontrolled temper prevents you from living the way that God wants you to be. So if you're going to deal with temptation, if you're going to deal with trials, you got to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of humanity does not produce the righteousness of God. What does produce the righteousness of God? When your faith has been tested, when you've endured your temptation, when God is maturing you, when you become content with a sense of joy in God, when you experience spiritual birth, when you have quick listening or you're quick to hear, slow to speak, and when you listen and take in and obey the word of God. Okay. So let's unpack where, where we get angry oh, a whole lot of places. Whole lot of places where listen, when when you know the places and the ways that you are tempted to be angry, because oftentimes we fail to understand that for a lot of us, we don't fall temptation to greed or to money or to uh sexual perversions and things like that. Most of us, most of us are tempted because somebody says something to us and we feel like we gotta have a right to cuss them out, give them two snaps and a neck roll, and a piece of our mind. And we do this with family because in family, we are misunderstood, we are ignored, we are loved, we feel criticized. Uh, we, we do this uh, in the workplace where we're slighted, where we're overworked, where we're unappreciated, and where we're criticized. We do this with, with, with our friends when we're left out sometimes disappointed and criticized. God knows we see it on social media now, don't we? When, when, when we engage in this cancel culture or we feel folks say crazy things and we're criticized, we, we see it in society, but we feel that there is unfairness and we feel criticized. And God knows we we see it in the church when we're unnoticed and when we're overlooked and when we feel unappreciated and when we feel criticized. Notice the last word I kept saying was criticized. And a lot of times we get 
real ticked off when we when we are what criticized when we're criticized okay so as we segue into verse 21 and we we look at what verse 21 looks like we're told to lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls all right now, this is where the rubber hits the road um what, what what james wants us to understand is that whether we realize it or not there ought to be some growth and development spiritually in our lives that people can see and say, I see something different in you. Now, this is, now, now, can I, can I say something? Because I, I just felt the spirit do one of those numbers to me. If James said that today, get rid of all moral filth and evil, Lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The first thing that most folks would say is you can't judge me. Am I right? First thing that would judge. That's judging. More filth. Now. James wants us to understand you got to take all filthiness like you take off dirty clothes. Let me say it again. You got to take off filthiness like you take off dirty clothes. Now, most of us would not go take a bath or a shower and put back on the dirty clothes that we had on. However, in our spiritual life, we do that all the time. So here comes the gut check. That somebody ain't going to like, but I got to say it. Your spiritual development and growth in God will not take place unless you call sin for what it is. And you stop trying to justify living a raggedy life and you decide to reject the ratchetness of the culture. James wants us to understand we got to get rid of our evil habits and actions like taking off dirty clothes. Okay? And then he says, and receive with humility or meekness the word of God, the implanted word. James, here, here's what I want you to James is not talking to those who are unsaved. James is talking to believers. This is a word for believers. Um, he is saying, accept the planet word so that you can grow. We are not to look for something to argue about, but with humility to live by the word. Yet, if you're not humble, you may feel that you can't live by God's word and you ain't going to try. And that's false humility. And that does not honor God. False humility does not honor God. 
That's why he says with meekness. To humbly accept the word, what you got to do? Go back to verse uh, 19 to 20. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because when the word of God is planted within us, it becomes a part of our being. And as the word of God is being planted within us, you and I ought to become like fertile soil or good soil that allows for the word of God to mature us. And so if you're going to make the soil good, you got to get rid of the impurities. All right. So the word of God helps us to identify and remove the things that aren't acceptable as far as our life is concerned. That's when the word of God and the spirit of God is working inside of us. It is like what we have to understand is that your spiritual growth is not an outside-in thing. It's an inside-out. It comes from the inside and is seen on the outside. Okay. Then notice what else he says. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Here, 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 here is the blessing. You and I are not finished with the word of God once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then the word of God ought to become a steady diet for our life. The word of God ought to be food for our soul. The word of God ought to become a permanent part of us that guides us through every day. This is why devotional time is so important. And, 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 and notice Jesus was able to defeat the enemy. Jesus was able to defeat the devil in the wilderness, not through his human opinion, but he was able to defeat the enemy by the word. Read Matthew 4. Read Matthew 4. When Jesus is driven into the wilderness and he was there for 40 days for a night. Jesus is hungry. Jesus is tired. He is languished. Satan shows up, tells him, turn stone to bread. Jesus says, in a written man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and says, jump off of it because the Bible says that, you know, the angels will catch you. He's using, Satan is using Psalm 90 out of context. Jesus says, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then he takes Jesus to a mountaintop and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, say, you can have all this if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, the word of God says uh, uh, that God alone is to be worshiped. Jesus defeated the enemy with the word. And the Bible says that after that, Satan went away for a season and angels came and ministered to him. All right. So, so you got to 
that word has to be implanted in you. But in order for the word to be implanted in you, you got to what? Implant it in you. You got to put it in you. If you leave, it's just like taking seeds. If you leave the seeds in the barnyard and don't plant it in the ground, it ain't going to grow. All right. It is, it's not going to grow. All right. Um, can we deal with, uh, I don't know, Eleanor, uh, but sound look like we're being spammed. So I need to get that out of our chat. Get that out of our chat. Block that person. Okay. I'm, yeah, and unfortunately, we're we're dealing with um, someone that is spamming us right now. We need to block that person. So let's let's get that taken care of there. Get those comments out of there. Thank you. All right, and block that person. Block that person. Unfortunately, these are some of the things that we have to deal with when we deal with virtual technology and we have to block that person. So block that person there, block them. All right, let's continue to move on. This, this is, this is, this is, um, laying aside all filthiness. We're getting ready to block these these folks. <laughs> we're, we're laying aside all filthiness. Amen. 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 All right. So as we move forward, you got them blocked, Deb. If it do you have that person blocked? Do you have that person blocked? See this is a wonderful thing about technology. All right. Okay. As we as we move forward. Okay. As we move forward, um, but don't be doers. Here, here, here is where we drive home. Here is where we drive home. Um, um, uh, the point. The implanted word has to be planted in our hearts, and that's where our growth takes place. And this is where the rubber meets the road in verse 22. Because James is saying, if you're going to do this thing the right way, you can't be just hearers of the word, but you got to be what? Doers of the word. So it is not insufficient. It is not sufficient, rather, for you to just hear the word. You got to what? Obey it. This command is clear. But don't be doers of the word, but hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
The word is the gospel taught by Jesus and proclaimed by his followers. It's just as simple as, as that. So what James is wanting us to understand is that just reading the Bible, even studying the Bible means nothing if you don't do the Bible. <laughs> just reading the Bible, studying the Bible means nothing if you don't live it. I believe it was John Calvin uh, who said that obedience is the mother of real knowledge of God. And what James wants us to understand, if you read the Bible, if you dig deep into the Bible, but you don't live the Bible, you deceive yourself. Because you're thinking that reading the Bible and studying the Bible makes you a Christian or makes you a follower of Jesus, but it doesn't. You have to apply it. This is where application comes. So you are inspired, you get inspiration, you get information, but then you got to have application. All right. Here is where a lot of us mess up. A lot of us ain't nothing but a bunch of sermon sippers. Like taking a sip of coffee. We're sermon sippers. All right. We sip. But we don't live. So James wants us to understand that we got to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And, and, and this is how you can tell that real growth takes place as far as your personal life is concerned. How is your behavior changing? How is your attitude changing? What are you putting into action after you hear it? And after you properly discerned it? Samuel said, obedience is better than sacrifice. What, what are you putting into action after you've read it? Do you really love your neighbor after hearing the story of the Good Samaritan? Do you, do you really um, try to be slow to anger? See, your, 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 your real growth ain't based on how much you shout. Your real growth is based on how much you obey. Here, here is here 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 is what separates the wheat from the how, how many folks you know hear the word of God but go like I ain't doing that. Because if you hear the word of God and you're not going to obey it, 
God holds you responsible for that in judgment because you've been exposed to the word, but you're basically telling God, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. If you hear the word of God with, with, with no intention, no intention of obeying it, you get in serious trouble. And if your actions of service is only to serve your own interests and concern, then we're not being obedient to Jesus. Here's what I want you all, if you don't get anything else, get this. You can't be a passive Christian. Let me say it again. You can't be a passive Christian. You can't be a passive disciple. Let me see if I can dig a little deeper. Because I know for some it's like, oh, my God, really? For, for, for James says, for anyone who is a hero of the word, not a doer, is like a man who looks in a mirror, checks it out, and then forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues it is not a forgetful hearer of the word, hearer, but a doer of the work. This is this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, let, let, let me drill this home because there are two ways that we can deal with God's word. We can deal with God's word by not letting it impact our lives like a person that looks into a mirror, sees something on their face in the mirror, walk away and forget that there's something on their face. All right, this 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 is like a person that 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 goes to a mirror. Let, let me use a very graphic example. This will help you. This is a person that goes to a mirror. You look in the mirror, you see something in your nose. You don't get it out. Then you walk away and forget there's something in your nose. <laughs> that's what that's like. Then, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not forgetful here about do other work. The other way is to realize you got something in your nose and you blow your nose to get it out. In other words, the other approach is an intent look, a deep, continued study of the word of God that lets you see your flaws and change your ways. Now, why is it that, that we keep, keep hearing James talk about a person being a hearer of the word and not a doer? And we also keep hearing him saying a hearer, but we don't see anything about reading the word of God. Because here's where, again, quick listening comes into play by virtue of the fact that back then, most people of James' audience could not read the scriptures for themselves. So they were accustomed either to the rabbi or the teacher or the master of a synagogue or whoever was to read the word aloud and expose the word of God repeatedly until the folks had memorized it. Okay. In fact, Paul tells Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching it. So, so 
whoever the pastor was of that day would read the word out loud over and over and over and over and over until people what memorized it. Well, you know, so that's why he's saying a hearer, but not a doer. Okay, a hero or not do it. So, so what are what are some 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 barriers to to listening even in today's culture? Some are able to read God's word, but they don't, and they won't. <laughs> you know, you you can read the word of God now, but you, you folks just don't just won't. Another one is that there may be. Uh, a passage or, or a translation of scripture they don't understand. I tell folks, King James Version is one of the worst verses to try to understand in today's language. Another reason that some folks can't get the word in them is because there are too many distractions. If you're going to read the word online, you got to shut down Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Snapchat and other social medias. Some people aren't able to carefully listen to work because they don't want to be accountable to anybody. They don't think they need church. They don't think they need a teacher. And they don't even listen to the Holy Spirit. And then we have people who are insensitive to the movement of the Spirit in their lives. Okay? So, let me if I could give you some ways that you can listen intently to the word of God. Here is one key, key way. And this is when I'm doing my sermon prep, this is how I do it. And I'm, I'm going to wrap up this session today. This is how I do it. When I'm doing sermon prep, when I'm doing Bible study prep, and, and, and even when I'm doing devotion, I'm getting ready to say something that is going to bless you. First of all, when you read the word of God, read it out loud. So you can what? Hear. So you can hear. Read the word out loud so you can hear. You may want to make verses um, in your phone or your smart device that you can refer to throughout the day. When a verse gives you a command, think of a way that you could put that command into action the same day. All right. Uh, ask someone to comment on a verse that you're trying to understand and obey. That's where you can have conversation with other believers. Uh, ask for an explanation when someone mentions a verse or a passage you don't understand. I'm giving you all an opportunity to even do that in the chat right now. If you have something you don't understand, ask. Memorize the word of God. Memorize it. Get it in your head. And then meditate on it. Okay? Because James wants us to understand that when we do this, when we do this, we become a doer. Notice he doesn't say of the word, but what? Of the work. He makes a shift here. He makes a shift here. He doesn't say uh, a doer of the word. He says a doer of the work. So if you're going to be a hearer of the word, but not a doer, then all you're doing is hearing. But if you're going to be a doer of the word, you become a doer of the work. 
You become a doer of the work. You become a doer of the work. All right. And becoming a doer of the work means you do what the Lord would have for you to do when properly understood and applied. This is where application comes in. Okay. Now, it's some stuff I'm just going to have to put in the sermon on Sunday from my exegetical work. I want to finish this up and, and take any other questions. Verse 26, 27 deals with the aspect of religion. Now, how many of us have heard people say in today's culture, I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. And, and, and try to degrade the aspect of religion. I want to let you all know that religion is not bad when you understand what it means to be religious, okay? And, 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 and part of our problem is, is that we've allowed for the, for the culture to, to, to disrupt and corrupt the word religion. Here's what James says, that if you're religious and you can't control your speech, your tongue, then your religion don't mean anything. Your religion is worthless. What, what James wants to understand is that even your outward religious practices don't mean nothing without obedience. And we can't obey God if we don't know how to control our tongue. And while James ain't talk, doesn't give us some insights on how to control our tongue, I can give you several ways in which James tells us that our tongue dishonors God. Gossip, lying, angry outbursts, harsh criticism, cussing, complaining, judging. Sometimes your verbal actions corrupt your ritual. So conversion don't mean nothing if it if your life ain't being changed. And, and here's how he drills it home. He says, if you really want to show how religious you are, here's how you do it. Visit orphans and widows. In other words, visit those or check on those who need help. And then he says, and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Which basically means we ain't supposed to look like the world, y'all. Unfortunately, in today's culture, most churches are trying to look like the culture rather than transform the culture. I, one of the biggest compliments that somebody can give me whenever they see me is when they, when they say, you sound like a preacher or you look like a pastor. Okay. We are not to adapt to the world's value system. Not when it comes to money, when it comes to power, when it comes to pleasure. We, 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 we have issues just keeping ourselves unspotted for the world. So 
we ought to check on orphans and widows. Why? Because back during that time, when a widow lost her husband, basically she was thrown away. And so it was it, the church, the early church, particularly during that time, used to provide for widows, orphans. Those are children whose parents are lost. We were to look after orphans. Do you not realize that most of uh, good orphanages were started by churches or by church folks? Okay. Let me close with this. When we serve those who need to be served, when we serve those who need to be served, then basically we're doing what God will have for us to do. All right. Um, I see another, another, um, um, bot or or comment and and that's if we can't let's get that out of there gloria miller i don't know who that is but that's not part of our conversation so Leah, let's delete that all right all right okay so before i close out are there any any questions any questions any questions any questions any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? All right. Any questions? Yeah. I am so sorry that 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 we had some of these infiltrated um, people that were trying to spam us, but interestingly this happens on sunday morning as well and our digital ministers and social media influencers they catch it and they make sure it's deleted um as to not corrupt our uh flow and so thank you to deborah uh who is helping to manage uh manage that we had somebody that was putting stuff in the chat to 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 uh different of you all please do not click on click on that um uh because i don't want your computer to become corrupted uh as far as that's concerned but unfortunately we have uh persons that try to spam and we have to put that under subjection listen getting ready to close out but before we do that i want to let you all know that you have thank you sister sharon you have uh the wonderful opportunity that if you feel like giving, you can give. There are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. One way is through um, by mailing your check or uh, uh, money order or cashier's check to the church at 1401 Allen Street, uh, Charlotte 28205. Uh, or you can drop your check cash or money order off here at church. Uh, just call the church office before you come at 704-334-5309. And to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Another way you can give is through our church website, either through Church Life or Vimeo. And then the last one is through the app called Givelify. And so if you feel led to give at this particular time, we invite you to express your, your generosity. Um, and uh, we pray that God will bless you in, in a Godful way as far as your, your kindness and generosity 
is concerned. Uh, just want to uh, ask that you all will lift up uh, Deacon Angela McDonald and her husband, uh, Brother Harry, and the family of uh, our young brother, Eric Deist II, who was, Eric was unfortunately uh, murdered uh, a couple of nights ago. And um, that family needs our prayers. Um, uh, they need our prayers. And so we want to surround them with our prayers and whatever, not only our prayers, but whatever actions we can do to give uplift. And St. Paul, you all do that so well. Um, so um, as we prepare to go, I, I pray that you all have been blessed. It was a blessing seeing you all as well. And um, I want you all to take care and be blessed. Let's close out in prayer. God, we thank you. Empower us to apply what we've learned. Let us not be hearers of the word, but doers. Amen. I love you all. God bless you all. Lord said the same. I'll be preaching on this text on Sunday morning. You all have an inside track. So y'all ought to know where the shout cues are. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.